Welcome back again to Restless the Podcast. This is going to be uh, Ripple number four and a direct sequel actually to our former one, Ripple number three, which was known as Disconnected. Uh, We're happy to have you back and whereas our last episode focused on some of the perils we experienced in our own life regarding social media, this one we want to focus on the, the joys of authentic relationships that we've also been very blessed to share. Hey, and welcome back again, and this is Steve with Restless, uh, the podcast.com. You know, we had a great discussion just before this about being disconnected and some of the drawbacks of social media, and there's a lot of positive things about it too, but from an authentic perspective, an authentic relationship, the scripture in Hebrews speaks to how it should be, particularly from a group of people. Now, let's again understand the context of what's going on during that time period. It's important to understand context. But this was probably close to 70 AD. The early church in Jerusalem was under persecution. The thought of something big happening, this sense of anticipation, probably due to the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, as Jesus predicted, as Jesus told them a number of years earlier. So this culmination of these events occurring leading up to this created this sense of, well, something's going to happen here. This sense, what I call it worry, not necessarily, but it was a tumultuous time to say the least, particularly as Christians were being persecuted. And the need for them to come together as these early followers of Christ, to do life together and pursue their faith in Christ. This new faith was extraordinarily important, and they had to do it in person. You know, Luke, when I further read in Hebrews, where we were talking about in the last broadcast, here are some things that it says that I think we need to think about what the author is trying to tell us. And it says this, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know that word, let us consider not giving up meeting together? It's the word forsaken in other versions. And if we understand that word forsaken is a direct reference to a being an abandon. Abandon is a hard word. It's a difficult word. And I remember growing up as a young man that I struggled with some obesity in my early years and would often be left out when the teams were picked to play softball or some other sport because of, of that. And I understood early on what it was, or at least the feeling of abandonment. And I tell you, it was powerful. It, it hurt. Now, the good ending to this is is I matured rather quickly. Probably by the sixth grade, I was supporting, uh, sporting a beard and smoking a cigar, and then I was the one picking the teams and the one excelling in sports. But I at least understood it in that phase. But, you know, Luke, I often wonder if, to some degree, 
in social media, there's, there's a sense of abandonment from those who maybe struggle socially with some awkwardness. And my heart goes out to them because it's an extraordinarily powerful word in the sense of being forsaken. And maybe it's the last bastion for them by which to reach out and feel at least part of something. But I think the shortcoming with that is this. God made us multidimensional creatures. And what I mean by that, particularly when it comes to relationships, is that we can see each other in a relationship. We can hear each other in a relationship. And we can touch each other. Much like I can imagine when Thomas was in that room after the resurrection of Christ and the Lord comes in this lock, these locked doors and he tells Thomas to touch him. He could see Thomas's fear. He could hear what he was saying. He, he could see his body language. And then he says, touch me. So this 3D type of authentic relationship was complete. That's what we're talking about when it comes to a biblical, authentic relationship that sometimes when we do that remotely, we lose that component. The very thing that's in our DNA given to us by our Creator. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with the abandonment thing. Um, I can tell you being a member of the millennial generation myself, having from early high school onward is kind of when everything media-wise uh, began to spring up and having engaged in just about all of it. You know, one behavior I can recall doing is thinking about some of those I wish I could spend more time with or desired a better relationship with, regardless of how possible that was or wasn't, just based on any other context. But you'd go to those people's profiles, just kind of look through their pictures, look for what, the, what they've been saying, and just kind of imagine. And not that it would be wrong to want to visualize how you could have a relationship, but what's it all for if it doesn't materialize? And what if I had spent that time just being bold enough to reach out and say, to whoever that was, hey, um, if I didn't really have much of a relationship with him yet, say, hey, can I get to know you? Or if I had at least something, just say, hey, let's, let's get together more. Or at least even just an effort for a phone call would be better. Uh, but the abandonment thing doesn't just apply to social media. You know, we can, we can rag on social media all day and, and still miss the point. Because not all of it is bad. And I would like to clear up from the last episode that I do not wish to say that it is all bad. There is definitely an upside as in such as reconnecting with a friend you grew up with who moved away. You stumble upon them, you start talking again. That's wonderful. Um, there are some useful media communities out there in which others help achieve goals. Um, I'm part of a, a, very, a very cool group for a keto diet. And people on there are very helpful. That's an excellent use. Um, another that I part, uh, participate in is for computer building, which is a hobby of mine. 
excellent folks on there willing and ready to help. Again, a wonderful use. But imagine if some folks in those communities who would actually make great friends started coming together in real life and started having a multidimensional relationship beyond just their screen and keyboard. Uh, Due to distance and stuff like that, maybe that's not possible. And therefore, that is still at least something of a solution. But in those areas of our lives where we could devote some of that time to being physically present with those that we can, I believe it would stand only to further enrich us. Well said. You know, and Paul was not unfamiliar with being forsaken. He said in Second Corinthians 4, 9, he said, Paul said that they were persecuted but not forsaken. They were, they were under this pressure. They were being persecuted, but even in the midst of that persecution, he never felt forsaken or abandoned because they stuck with each other in the thick and the thin with it in person. Also, Paul made it clear and in several of his companions, including Demas, deserted him in 2 Timothy. But here's the incredible promises of, of the scriptures of our Lord and God. He says, God promised that I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the model the given to us in the kind of relationships that Hebrews is talking about that we need to have. In the total chaos of the world, that we are not to abandon each other, we're not to walk away. And I wanted to slip further down in verse 32 in Hebrews 10, and it says this, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light? That's a cool word. When you stood your ground in a great contest in face of suffering. And he says that we stood side by side in the presence of persecution. I love that. And that's of what God is communicating to us about what and how an authentic relationship should look like. Now, let me be brutally honest. This forsaking, this abandonment, this need to be getting together does not explicitly speak to our assemblage on Sunday mornings at church. No, I just said it. Because even in that context, even in that environment, there can be a cold lack of authenticity and more one of business than real genuine relationships. That's hard to say, but it's a reality. But Luke, you were telling me about this word called Shiva in the Jewish faith and the belief. It was something that they did was extraordinarily important that too gives a model of how a relationship should be. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Shiva is, at its core, the, the process of grieving with someone who's lost a loved one. So it's about mourning. Um, and it involves just simply being present. Now that could be to serve whatever needs are necessary. But in its most distilled form, it's just showing up and being there, whether you say or do anything or not. So imagine just sitting down next to your friend, putting your hand on your shoulder, and sitting there for an hour or two, if that's just what they need. And uh, I'm reminded of a story I was told about um, 
uh, a boy who lost a baseball game, I believe it was. This was a speaker I heard a while back give this example. And um, now the speaker was this boy's dad. And so he said, you know, on the way home from the game, you know, I'm up in the front in the driver's seat on the way home just explaining, oh, it's all right. You know, you did your best. Trying to rationalize all the reasons why they could have lost and why it shouldn't really matter that much, blah, blah, blah. Now, obviously, losing a baseball game doesn't compare to losing a loved one. Uh, but what happens is a similar principle. And the speaker, the dad, realized something very important when he saw what happened next. His son's friend was also receiving a ride from them. My son's friend put his arm around my son and just said, Yeah, man, this really sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And... A very raw sense, absolutely that's what it's about. And it's not about you being with someone and you're going to come up with the most profound statement in the universe to comfort them. You won't. You can't. It's simply by being present and accounted for. That's what it's about. That Because two, in a biblical concept, is better than one. In fact, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says it this way. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. And it further goes on in verse 10, For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. I can't think of a better way to model relationships that we were built for relationships. We were built to be with one another and not apart. And sometimes, more often than not, when we try to accomplish that remotely, it falls short because it's a two-dimensional versus a three-dimensional approach. Uh, going off of that piece of Scripture, let me go to one of my favorites, which is uh, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, which is, So as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, when we have those close relationships in our life in which we make each other better. You know, the process of uh, sharpening iron is not always a comfortable thing. Uh, you're taking two pieces of metal and um, brushing one against the other at high speed or uh, repetitiveness. And you make a lot of heat and friction. And it's, um, if iron could feel, I doubt it'd be very comfortable. But the end result is the betterment of the product. And in the end result of good relationships in which we choose to trust each other with each other's betterment, so only is the end result that we grow and become tighter in the process. The people that I consider my best friends, you get the title of best when I know I can trust you with basically being able to ask them to tell me when I'm messing up. Yeah. I get it. I've been plenty of relationships where sparks have flown. But in the end, when we persevere and we don't give up meeting, they've become some of the best that I've ever had. But Luke, you know, as we move forward, I think of that word encouragement that shows up in those verses as well. It says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's not form bad habits with that. But let us encourage one another. Wow. 
You know, when I think of the word encouragement, the first thing off the top of my head is to give someone a compliment. But that's not what that means. In fact, the Greek word parakaleo is a word that points to another word that says to implore. What do you think of when you hear the word encouragement? Well, we, we talked a little bit about it last time, um, that it's not, it's not just a kind word. It can be, and by all means, we, we need that. But implore is stronger. It's, it's not unlike provoke, just in a more positive rather than negative context, to, to spur on, to, to make the horse run faster. Not by hurting it, but by giving it a appropriately strong force of motivation to do so. I like that. And, the, and really, in the end, the encouragement is is imploring. So there's a little bit of amperage behind the voltage, so to speak, by which to be involved in someone's life where we can change their trajectory, nudge them in an orbit or pathway that is much better than where they could have ever been alone. And that's the concept of encouragement from a biblical perspective. It's not just granting this compliment and giving a bunch of likes, so to speak, but real friends get in person and 3D, they see, they hear them, and they can touch them in those moments where their lives are challenged and can nudge them onto a trajectory that is far better than they ever could be on their own. That's what we're talking about. I think that's the kind of relationships that we're talking about, Luke, here is those authentic ones. Yeah, that, that'd be kind of what you'd describe as just real life. Um, and, and go figure, it's those who are my closest friends, those who I do most trust, that um, the ones who I've basically told, um, when I screw up, uh, you have permission to slap me silly and drag me across the finish line, are also the ones who provide me with the most love. Uh, outside of that context, too. Not just the, uh, Luke, I'm going to throw you back on the straight and narrow here, but no. Being around them is just being in an aura that revitalizes my own energy, that fills up my own emotional well. If I feel depleted, literally just sitting next to people like that for an hour, I feel strong again and didn't even have to say anything to me. Well said. And I want to <clears throat> read to you a verse that comes from Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. It says this, and Paul's saying this, is therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. When we hear the word of tolerance, it's not the fashionable word used today, but it's a preservation of each other's uniqueness, not wanting them simply to agree with us, and that's the only way out, but it's appreciation of our differences and our efforts by which to nudge them in a trajectory that's healthy, that's 
in the pathway of following after their Lord and God, that's what we're talking about when we talk about encouragement. As we bring our time to a, a close right now, Luke, as we'll do a part three to this uh, in a day or so, that's our hope for you. It's a hope that you can reach this place of an authentic relationship, often masked by some of the technology that we have today that prohibits us from being all that we can be in these relationships. I'll tell you what, it's easier to engage people remotely because you don't have to see their tears. You, you don't have to hear and see the anxiety that they're struggling with because when you do, it changes how you approach them. So, Luke, that's our hope for those who are listening to this tonight. It's not about slamming social media, but more or less pointing out its woes. And those woes even expressed outside of it, too, which all just come back to the simple problem that we are a broken people, and any platform we take to will get broken some way or another, along with the positives, too. And um, it is, it's our encouragement for you that no matter what means you have of interacting with people, that you keep these things in mind, but most importantly, that you would be iron that sharpens iron, that you would be the spur that makes the war horse run faster for its betterment, and that if it comes down to it, you will have those in your life that we have been blessed to have who will slap you silly and drag you across the finish line, and you can do it for them too. Amen. And for those of you who have made this world of social media your only universe of existence. I feel your heart. I feel your brokenness to some degree. But you need to know the promise that the Lord God Creator, who made you too, has for you, and that is one of life, through authentic relationships with Him first, and then with the people around you who share that same common faith as we implore each other to walk daily with our Lord. There are, there are certainly those out there who would be more than happy to meet many of you listening. Find them and be those, and be those friends who have that relationship that changes lives. Thank you for listening to Ripple number four of Restless the Podcast, titled reconnected this of course being a direct sequel to our former ripple number three disconnected we hope you enjoyed the message as for us here at restless the podcast we are restless for the one who said come to me all who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest for whom is your heart restless and for today in whom may you cultivate a great relationship 